Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, June 7th, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, what's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Most sites will try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. So make sure you download the free SeatGeek app right now and get a $20 rebate on tickets by using the promo code PICARD. That's right, as in my last name, PICARD. Now, I got a tweet the other day that somebody asked me, can you use the promo code PICARD to get $20 off on any event at any venue in any city. And I said, yes, it doesn't just have to be Boston. And it doesn't just have to be a sporting event or a Red Sox game. It could be a concert. It could be at any venue in any city. So download the app right now and type in that promo code. Find a concert. Find a game. There's so much going on this summer. I'm sure you could use the $20 off. I mean, who can't use $20 off something? I know I could use $20 off at, at literally everything that I've ever bought. In fact... I do have a little bit of a rant here that I need to go on um, as something that I bought recently and I'm very unhappy with that I wish I could have had $20 off this purchase. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But in the meantime, let it be known that you can get $20 off your tickets on the SeatGeek app by using my promo code Picard. So SeatGeek, download it right now. Every ticket given a grade, and you can use their detailed map to see the exact view from your seat. SeatGeek is always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert, and it should be the first place you go as well, SeatGeek. And what I just purchased recently, you know, it's summertime, and today's like 80 degrees. We just had a sun shower. It's raining outside. I mean, I'm sitting here in shorts and a t-shirt with a wiffle ball bat in my hands. Like, I'm ready for a wiffle ball tournament right now. I am. That's, it's that time of year. Like, we have a lot of NFL news today. Mandatory mini camps beginning. The Patriots here in New England at Gillette Stadium. Uh, they had their first day of mandatory mini camp, and there is some news with regards to players who are not there today, and one big name, at least, who we think is healthy, who is not present at mandatory minicamp today. I'm going to get to that. I'm just, you know, I see the NFL tweets rolling in this afternoon. And really, look, it's the reason I'm recording a little bit later in the day today because I needed to see the attendance. And we weren't going to get the attendance from the reporters who were on the scene via Twitter until practice was officially over. That's when they can officially reveal the tweets as to who's there and who isn't there. So I'll get to the absences, and I'll get to the big name, the biggest name who we believe is healthy uh, that was not there at mandatory minicamp. So um, I'll get to that. But when I see the NFL tweets, like, in June, as I sit here in shorts and a T-shirt with a wiffle ball bat in my hands, like, even though I delayed the recording of this podcast to get that information, that's just for the purposes of the fan, me giving you all the information that you need on this Tuesday afternoon. It's not necessarily because it's the top story in my world. In fact, I'll tell you it's not. Anything NFL-related in the month of June, even the month of July, even in the month of August, I know that's when you get your uh, joint practices and your preseason games beginning. I'm not into it. I'm not into football then. I'm a baseball guy. 
Uh, I enjoy watching the playoffs right now and the, the finals, the Stanley Cup final, the NBA finals. I enjoy getting ready for the NBA draft, even maybe the NHL draft, considering what the Bruins are, are going to do with regards to potential trades before the draft. Who knows? There's just so much other stuff going on that to me, football is never really on the top of my priority list right now in the months of June, July, and August. But that doesn't mean, you know, I'm not going to give you the top NFL news. And today, with you know, with the Red Sox not playing last night and with there not being an NBA Finals game tonight or a Stanley Cup Final game tonight, you know, the, really the biggest news of the day is with the mandatory minicamp and maybe some players who are absent. I'll get to that. But I told you. I currently sit here with a wiffle ball bat in my hands. Um, I'm all in on the summer. It's 80 degrees outside. It's 180 degrees in this studio. And, you know, you need some... Every summer, you gotta, you gotta get some new summer gear, right? And I've already ranted to you about how much I hate the fucking mall. I hate the mall with a passion. I hate the mall. I just want to take everybody that works at the mall, and I want to pull them into the, you know, outside of their stores... And get them in a big group and say, listen, when I go into a store to buy something, if you want to ask me initially, is everything okay, that's fine. But don't keep asking me if I'm in there for 15 minutes. Just ignore, you need to, just, if you need to get the first one out of the way because your boss is watching you or that's your job, that's fine. I understand that. But here's what you do. You say, hey, can I help you with anything? And if I say no, say, okay, well, if you need help, my name's so-and-so, and I'll be over here. Come get me if you need help. That's it. That's all you need to do. You don't need to come back over five minutes later and say, well, you sure you're okay? Listen, if I'm not okay, I'm going to ask you, all right? Like, I'm, I'm not just going to walk out and not ask a question. So I, that's one of the reasons I hate them all. It's just one. It really is just one. Um... The other reason is, like, I get in there, if I try clothes on, I'm just indecisive as fuck, and I don't know what I actually want to get, and I usually end up leaving with something I end up wishing I didn't buy. I usually maybe return it, maybe something fits a little better in there than, you know, because they give you crazy lighting, they give you crazy mirrors, you're like, it's just a, it's a process that I don't ever want to be a part of, honestly. Like, if somebody could just deliver me clothes, I, it's somebody that I trust, I'd wear them. Like, I wouldn't even need to try them on. It's just deliver me clothes. Like, so that's why I do some stuff online. So I needed shorts this summer, and I'm wearing them right now. I wore them yesterday, too. I got a couple pairs. All right, I got three pairs. I got a, a black pair, I got a navy blue pair, and I got a white pair. Now, there's a couple issues here. The first issue is, is a, it's a big one. And, and I never actually realized just how much of an issue this was until I experienced this issue. The issue is, and I didn't know this at the time, because I ordered them online. My shorts don't have pockets. The three pairs of shorts, they're, they're, they're Nike dry fit shorts. Like, they're great for the summer. They're going to be great when I play some street hockey this summer. Great when I play some wiffle ball. It's like, I'm, I'm in summer mode. Like, they're great material. It's just, it's a good, it's a good fit. Some Nike dry fit shorts. Like, you're comfortable. It's summertime. You know, they're great shorts. Except for the fact that when I got them and I toss them on, they don't have any pockets. Now, I don't know if I'm mad at myself for not checking this out or if I'm mad at Nike for making shorts with no pockets. Like, what are we doing? 
Are we really, are we, like, like, what are we supposed to do with no pockets? I'm dead serious. Like, what am I supposed to do? So you know what I've been doing? And there's somebody in Beantown that just gave a, a horrified look into, into the studio here. I honestly wish I could have the look that this woman just gave me on video. As I sit here and flip out about my shorts with no pockets. Uh, the look she gave me was a terrifying look. I don't ever want someone to look at me like that again. But because I'm scared now. She's scared. I'm scared of her being scared. This is a serious issue. Maybe I should pull her in here and ask her, you know, what's going on? Like, it, it, do other people feel the same way? Like, you need shorts. I mean, you need pockets in your shorts, right? So you need shorts in the summer. But you don't just need shorts, you need pockets in them. You need pockets in them. Like, the last couple days, I've been wearing these shorts. I've been walking around holding my phone, holding my keys. Like, I don't really have a, a wallet. I have this, you know, for my bank, you get the little, like, the little square. Is it an envelope? What is it? A little packet? You can slide a It's like for your debit cards. You slide them in. Like, that's all I do. My license and my debit card is in there. Like, that's it. And, and I just, that's really my wallet. Like, do people carry around cash in 2016? I, I mean, I know I don't. There's a couple of reasons. One, I don't have much of it. Uh, two, it's just so much easier to swipe your debit everywhere. So I got this little wallet, if you want to call it that. I got my phone. I got my keys. But you got your hands full. Like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you don't realize just how short life is until you walk around with shorts that don't have pockets. It really is an eye-opening experience, and I don't know who I should be mad at. Should I be mad at myself for not looking to see if they have pockets online when I did searching for shorts? Or should I be upset with Nike that, that you would sell me and sell anybody shorts that have no pockets? Like, what are we supposed to do with our stuff? Does that, right? What, what, do you think I'm just carrying around a bag? Like, am I supposed to go now buy a fanny pack or something? Like, that's not going to happen. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what if I wanted to be comfortable, like, at Fenway on, like, an afternoon game, and I'm, it's so hot, and I just wanted to wear some shorts. I didn't want to get dressed up. didn't want to wear jeans. didn't want to wear dress shorts. Like, what if I just went to Fenway? Because I've been to Fenway many times, and I just, you know, you hop on the bus, and throw on some shorts and a t-shirt, and you know it's going to be hot in there. Like, what, am I, what, what do they expect me to do? They expect me to carry around my stuff the whole time? Like, think about this. Like, this is, this is a stupid conversation. I understand that. But is it stupid because, I, because I'm having it, or is it stupid because Nike would actually create this conversation by creating shorts and selling me shorts that don't have any fucking pockets? Uh, it's a, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's, it's becoming a very frustrating situation, but there's another frustrating situation. So one of the pairs I told you was white. Well, I'm, I toss them on today and I go outside and I realize, well, they're not exactly, um, they're not exactly not see-through. They're not see-through, but they're not not see-through. Does that make sense? Like you can kind of see like, through them. And I'm like, now I'm just going, did I get scammed or what? I got shorts that you can see through. They don't have any pockets in them. I'm holding my phone, my wallet, and my keys at all times. Like, I don't even know what to do with my stuff. 
So now I got to go buy new shorts. And, you know, it's not really something you want to think about. Like, honestly, this is why it's so frustrating. Because this isn't anything that a guy should have to think about at any point during the day. Or night. Or ever. Where do I put my stuff? (laughs) what, What do I do? Um, it's, I'm literally rattled by it. I don't know. Now, now, look, these shorts would be great. You know, you work out in them, maybe go to the gym, but still, even when you go to the gym, like, I, all right, you bring a bag to the gym if you, if you really need to. Fine. I can understand that. But what if I do go to play wiffle ball? What if I do go down to play street hockey? Right? Um, you know, what am I, what am I going to, where am I going to put my stuff? I'm just going to carry this stuff around? And for people to say, well, they're workout shorts. They're not meant to have pockets. Why? I have workout shorts, mesh Nike shorts that have pockets, and they don't get in the way. They're perfectly fine. In fact, when I go to the gym and I work out, I put my phone in my pocket and pull my headphones up to my shirt and listen to music. I can't even wear these, I can't even wear these shorts to the gym. They're supposed to be gym shorts. What am I going to do with my phone? How do we listen to music? You can't listen to the music at the gym. You don't. You can't control that. You got to listen to your own stuff, and it's got to be blasting in your head. What? So I can't even wear these shorts to the gym. I, I'm rattled. I'm rattled. I bought. I thought I was. I thought it was a great purchase. I like the shorts. They feel great. They don't have pockets. I don't know what to do with my stuff. I'm telling you right now, it's a much bigger problem than maybe... You might think I'm overreacting to this. Here's what you do. If you think I'm overreacting, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go online, order a pair of shorts with no pockets, and wear them for a day in which you got shit to do. Okay? I don't care what you're doing. Wear them. And and do doing something where you're not bringing a bag, where you don't need a bag. Okay? Wear them. And then I want you to report to me just how awkward of a situation it is. And, you know, it's in that moment where you realize, you know, life's pretty short. Life's too short to be walking around with shorts that don't have pockets. I'm serious. It's, it's becoming a major problem in my summertime life right now. Because I'm in a situation where I have all this stuff in my hands and I don't know what to do with it. Okay? (laughs) Glad we settled that. Nike, figure it the fuck out, please. And stop selling me shorts with no damn pockets. This isn't on me. You know, there was a little... When I first got them, I'm saying, Danny, you idiot, why would you not look... Why would you order shorts with no pockets? But here's what I have done. I have talked myself into the fact that this isn't on me. Oh, no. This is not on me whatsoever. This is on Nike. For even thinking about selling anybody, anybody, shorts with no pockets. Like, they're supposed to be gym shorts if that's the argument you're going to have? What am I going to do? Hold my phone? When I do dumb, well, let's say, you know, you're going to do a little dumbbell workout. What, hold my phone in one hand and do the dumbbell with the other? No, you want to put the phone with your music in your pocket. Well, you can't do that if you have shorts, especially if they're workout shorts that don't have pockets. It's a major issue. Major issue. And um, it's an issue that we shouldn't have to deal with. I get, I get that people have worse problems. Believe me. I understand. People have much worse problems than me not having uh, 
pockets and my shorts. But it's become very frustrating to the point where, you know, when you have all this, when you walk around with all this stuff in your hands, it just gets annoying. I don't know where to put my stuff. So I'm going to have to go get new shorts. And now, apparently, I'm going to have to keep my eyes open for shorts and the description of the shorts with the pockets. Please, go buy a pair of shorts with no pockets and get back to me. I'm telling you. And then tell me if, if you know, how big of an issue it is. Unless you walk around with no stuff. I, who, who does that? Do you walk around with no phone? You don't have keys? You don't have a debit card? Honestly. Honestly, what, you need to go do it. And then come back to me and, and you'll feel the same way I feel. I guarantee it. So that, that's, I wish I got 20. That, the point is I wish I got $20 off. And you can get $20 off SeatGeek tickets with my promo code, Picard. But um, as I sit here in a studio that is blazing hot and I want to talk baseball, but really the Red Sox, they had last night off. They begin a two-game series in San Francisco tonight. Uh, the Orioles won last night. So the Red Sox are in second place now, a half game behind the Orioles in the AL East. Um, we got some basketball news. I wish we had an NBA Finals game tonight. We don't. It's tomorrow night, game three. Everybody and their mother's counting out Cleveland. I told you yesterday, I'm not going to count them out. If there's a game that LeBron James is going to show up for and dominate, that he needs to dominate, needs to show up for. It's this one in Cleveland tomorrow night. I just, there's no way I would put my money on Golden State in this game. And, and I'm, you know, look, Golden State, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I just find it funny the way people have just completely flip-flopped. Like, a week ago, they were trying to tell me that Golden State was down and out against Oklahoma City. These same people are trying to tell me that Cleveland is now going to get swept by Golden State. Like, like Cleveland is nothing. I get that the first two games haven't been good, but it's a seven-game series. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean they're going to be, you know, overmatched and outplayed every single game, and it's going back to Cleveland. I just think the Cavaliers are going to win game three. I do. And if they win game three, well, you're going to get some people picking them to win game four. I'll probably be one of them to even the series at two. That's just the way I feel about the series. It's the way I feel about the playoffs, and... More importantly, it's the way I feel about LeBron James and the Cavaliers. I do think he gets disrespected, and I've told you that many times. But I wish we had the game tonight. We don't. There is an NBA story that is, it, it's not NBA playoffs or NBA finals related, but it's a story here in Boston that is, is important because it involves the name Kevin Durant. And as we get closer to the NBA draft and and as we get closer to some type of blockbuster trade that Danny Ainge, I believe, is going to make to move the number three overall pick, well, the thought of Kevin Durant becoming a free agent and, and, and the idea of, all right, let's talk about how you get him in a Celtics uniform, I think it becomes more and more realistic. And when I see a story yesterday, after I saw this last night, after I was done recording the podcast, and maybe I'm a day or two behind on this, but, you know, we, we've talked about what the Celtics need to do to get Kevin Durant, and first and foremost, what they need to do is they need to go out and bring someone in first. They need to bring in a superstar player. That's what they need to do first, and I think it needs to be via trade. 
And I think that trade needs to happen before the draft. Second, you know, they're going to have to really convince Kevin Durant that Boston is a place he wants to play. And I think there are some things that the Celtics have that other teams do not have. And I think the biggest thing is maybe the legacy and the history of the franchise and, and the idea that when you step into the TD Garden and you win in this city, it's one of the best cities you could possibly win in. It's not me saying that because I'm from here. It's me saying that because I'm from here, and it's true. It is. You can ask anybody around that, that has played in any city, in any sport, this town is a special town, especially when you're winning. When you get that big-name player, well, you're going to increase your chances of winning. It's a Celtics team that obviously is on the up and up. We've seen that the last couple of years. The story that I read last night that came out a couple days ago is Isaiah Thomas from the Boston Celtics telling the Boston Globe that he is going to go all in on recruiting Kevin Durant. Isaiah Thomas is in Shanghai for for an NBA initiative. And the Globe got a comment from him. And they asked him about the tweet that he sent out right as Oklahoma City was eliminated in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. And I never saw this tweet. But apparently Isaiah Thomas tweeted the number 35, which is Durant's number, and a shamrock emoji right after the Thunder were eliminated from the playoffs in Game 7. Isaiah Thomas quickly deleted the tweet. But Isaiah Thomas tells the Globe, quote, I just wanted the world to know that's who I'm trying to get. Isaiah Thomas continues, I definitely want to give him some time. I know that was a tough series and a long season for him. I wouldn't want anyone calling me up about the biggest decision of my life right after the season's over. So I'll probably give him some time and casually talk to him and then go all in. All in. That is Isaiah Thomas. Now, the Globe then asked Isaiah Thomas what all in would entail. Isaiah Thomas said, quote, I mean... Do everything I can to get him to sign. Somehow, some way, hopefully. Okay. Good. And again, end quote. That's that's Isaiah Thomas talking to the Boston Globe. Now, you might say, Isaiah Thomas, is he somebody that has all this influence that is he such an influential player in this league that he could talk to Durant, go all in? Is 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 Isaiah Thomas going all in? Does that get you Kevin Durant? Well, the answer to that question is just, you know, in a vacuum, no. No. The Celtics need to do more first, right? But let's dig a little bit deeper into this. Danny Ainge, he wants Isaiah Thomas to go out and recruit and be active. And this is actually coming from Isaiah Thomas's mouth. Isaiah Thomas tells Sirius XM NBA Radio, here's what he said earlier this month. He said, quote, I'm going to be really active in recruiting. Danny Ainge wants me to be active. Whatever he needs me to do, I'm there. All he says is, when I call, answer. I'm going to be ready. End quote. Isaiah Thomas then added in this conversation with SiriusXM, he said, quote, we're a step away. We're a couple pieces away, I think, from being contenders in the Eastern Conference. We won 48 games this year with a team that people didn't think could do that. That says a lot about the direction we're going in. And I know Danny 
and those guys in the front office are going to do whatever they can to make this team the best possible team it can be, end quote. That's Isaiah Thomas. So Isaiah Thomas believes they're close. Isaiah Thomas is going to go all in on Kevin Durant, and Isaiah Thomas is going all in in the recruitment process because Danny Ainge has told him to go all in on the recruitment process. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing because Danny Ainge knows I'm, I'm at least going to consider that he's smart enough to know Isaiah Thomas recruiting isn't going to be, you know, the the biggest. That's not going to be the biggest piece to getting Kevin Durant. It's going to help. It's not going to be the biggest piece. Danny Ainge knows what the biggest piece is. The biggest piece is going out and getting that superstar player. And um, I think Isaiah Thomas knows that as well. So what I'm waiting for is the first shoe to drop. And the first shoe to drop is the Celtics. Going out and making that blockbuster trade. I still think it should be someone for, they should trade for someone like DeMarcus Cousins. I think that's a possible move. We'll see. But bottom line is this. If Isaiah Thomas is going all in on recruiting Kevin Durant and he's telling us that Danny Ainge is telling him to go all in on the recruitment process, it also tells me that Danny Ainge is all in on getting Kevin Durant. And if Danny Ainge is all in on getting Kevin Durant, I'm going to tell you he's smart enough to know that it's going to take more than just Isaiah Thomas talking to him and hounding him and being all in. Danny Ainge knows he's got to go out and get someone else. And if he knows that, and if he's all in on Durant, then he's going to do it, in my opinion. Which means that, I mean, we could be talking about some blockbuster trade here in the next couple weeks. So now I'm just waiting. Now I'm just waiting. But it's great news. It's It's great to hear that the Celtics are going to go all in because... Yeah, it's one thing to say, obviously the Celtics are interested in Kevin Durant. Like, every team is interested in Kevin Durant, right? You're going to hear reports, Team X, Team Y, interested in signing Durant. Well, no shit. Like, who wouldn't be interested in signing Durant? But the real report and the real news would be, this team has a shot to land Durant. And I do believe that just what I read you in this story... It, it, it tells me when I connect the dots that the Celtics are at least going to do everything they can to have a shot, a real shot to land Durant and not just have interest in him, right? They're going all in. And if you go all in, I think the Celtics have the pieces to make that big move right away first. And, and, and I think they got a shot if they do that. So I'm excited about it. I can't wait. I know some people look at it to be unrealistic. And, you know, some people... Might be eating their own words, though, pretty soon. Because I'm telling you right now, I think in a couple weeks, Celtics going to make a blockbuster move, and then we're going to be in a conversation of the Celtics are on a short list of teams that Durant is going to consider going to. I'm telling you right now it's going to happen. And I can't wait. So the Isaiah Thomas stuff, trying to recruit Durant, it's not going to be the only thing they need to do. But if Ainge's telling them to go all in, then Ainge's going all in. And if Ainge's going all in, Ainge's going to make a blockbuster move first before he tries to convince Durant right away. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. That's a little that's a little NBA tidbit I got for you. Uh, no, again, no NBA Finals game tonight. They will play game three tomorrow night on Wednesday. Uh, the Stanley Cup Final last night, Penguins defeat the Sharks in San Jose in game four. The Penguins take a three to one series lead, which means the Cup will be in the house Thursday night in Pittsburgh for game number five. Not tomorrow night, Thursday night. Cup is in the house. I think Pittsburgh wins it. I think they win it at home. 
I, you know, when you got Sidney Crosby, you got Malkin, you got Kessel. It's just, you got the kid Murray playing the way he's playing. He had a phenomenal game last night in net for the Penguins. It's, this is the Penguins Cup. They're going to win it in five. That's how I feel. I don't always feel like these series will, will end that early. But it's gone. It's in Pittsburgh. I think Sharks, I, I think they're done. Uh, to be honest with you. Like, I think, and, and it might not even be about the Sharks. It might just be about Sidney Crosby, just the will to win another cup. And you know he's going to win another one before his career's over. And this is it. And it's going to happen at home, I think, in Pittsburgh Thursday night. So I'll be watching that. I love seeing the cup handed out. I think it's the best trophy in sports. I think it's the best championship celebration in all of sports. And I'll be watching it. And I think we'll see that on Thursday night. And uh, as I mentioned with the NFL stuff, again, NFL news, not really my top story in the months of June, July, even August when preseason begins. But today is an important day. Mandatory minicamp begins for the Patriots. It began. They practice. And I told you to keep an eye on Malcolm Butler. And we all had our eye on Malcolm Butler. He missed a, an OTA session. We know about the contract stuff. We wondered if, if it was a statement about a potential contract coming out. Well, Malcolm Butler was at the mandatory minicamp today. 13 players were not at the mandatory minicamp. A lot of these guys dealing with injuries, uh, health issues, trying to recover from maybe some type of off-season surgery or an issue that they had at the end of the season, still trying to recover from it. The biggest name that at least we think, at least I think, is healthy. That was missing today at the Patriots' first mandatory minicamp practice. You know who it is? Rob Gronkowski. Missing today. One of 13 players not at mandatory minicamp. Rob Gronkowski. And uh, I guess let the, let the shit show begin, right? <laughs> Until he, until Gronk shows up and is out there in that field, let the shit show and the shit storm begin. What shit show? What shit storm am I talking about? All the stuff that we just sort of assumed with Malcolm Butler. That I guess seems to not be true if Malcolm Butler's going to show up with the contract. Rob Gronkowski, you know, it wasn't too long ago, a couple months ago, the Patriots picked up the option, picked up the final four years on Gronk's contract. And if you look at the numbers there, and you look at some of the other contracts that have been dished out to other players in the league and other tight ends in the league in the last couple months. Gronk and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, I told you, Gronk sent out a tweet when that happened, and it was, I think it was in jest, but I think it was also a, a mini statement from Gronk that said, you know what? Hey, we're going to play under this contract. We get it. But we understand the fight that we're in. And what we just want to let you know is when it gets back to the negotiation table, it's, it's our turn to throw the next punch. And um, I, look, I, is this a crazy assumption to think that maybe this is contract-related Gronk missing? Put it this way. I, I'd prefer this be a contract situation than an injury situation. To be quite honest with you, because I, I, I don't want to see Gronk injured. I want, I'd like to see this guy as healthy as possible. And maybe it's just a one-day statement. I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. I don't know. 
But you know what's happening now. Until Gronk is on that field, it will be the topic of conversation. It will be the cloud over the New England Patriots uh, training camp and or mini camp or practice or whatever the hell they're doing down there at Gillette Stadium. Um, Gronk, I've told you, he has every right to not just ask to be the highest paid tight end in the league. But I think he has every right to ask to be one of the highest paid players in the league. Like you look at, and I know quarterbacks get ridiculous money. But when a quarterback like Brock Osweiler, who has not proven shit in this league, gets the type of deal that he got, then, you know, if you're an agent for someone who is as dominant as Gronk, I get he's not a quarterback. You know, you got to be thinking to yourself, please, like you can't tell me that Gronk shouldn't be getting paid more than he is. He should. He should. And, and I told you the other day with Malcolm Butler what I think the Patriots' strategy is and will be with him. It's that Patriots are not going get to get dragged into a bidding war with other teams with someone like Malcolm Butler. I don't care what type of play he made in the Super Bowl. It's a great play. I love Malcolm Butler for it. But that's just the Patriots' strategy. Now, with Gronk, I think it is certainly a special... It's, it's a different situation because I think the Patriots... They have witnessed firsthand on multiple occasions just how much of a difference maker Gronk is, and not just how much of a difference maker he is when he's on the field, but just how you know how much they miss him when he's not on the field. Like they they know that they've experienced that, and they've experienced it multiple times. So I do think it's a special situation. Uh, and 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 you know what? Something could get done with Gronk. I honestly believe that. I'll tell you this. Out of all the Patriots on this team and guys whose contracts might be, we might be questioning or they're questioning or the players don't like or the players are unhappy with, out of all the contracts and all the players, if there's anyone that I would tell you maybe will be treated differently, it's Gronk. And and I think the Patriots will. I I honestly believe that. I I honestly believe they will. And and you know what? I believe they should. And that might go against some of the things that I've said about the Patriot way, the Patriot philosophy. But at the same time, I do think there comes a point with certain players when you do experience losing a guy like that and you feel the effects every time you lose him and you witness firsthand just how important he is. Like the Patriots have done some things with other positions, plug some players in, like the cornerback position. I know people say, well, the Patriots... You know, they don't draft corn as well. They finally they finally sign an undrafted free agent, Malcolm Butler, and what are they going to do? They're going to let him go? Like, they don't, they're trying to get that position locked down. They got a young kid. Why would they let him go? Well, because the Patriots, let's be honest. I mean, they let go of one of the best cornerbacks in the, in the league, if not the best, in Revis. Hey, think of it this way. Two years in a row, they got rid of Tlaib. They got rid of Revis. The Patriots really didn't lose a step after that. I believe that they believe that's a position, even though we might knock them from the outside looking in, I do think the Patriots internally believe that they're pretty good at plugging guys into that position to be good enough to be bend but don't break and to be good enough to have a shot to get to the AFC Championship, which you know they will, and then have a shot to get to the Super Bowl when they get to that game. Like, the Patriots, I don't think, feel the way a lot of the people on the outside feel about how they've handled the cornerback position and the development there in the past. But with the tight end position and the receiver position, I think 
they know. Like, I think this is different. I think they know how different this is because they've experienced the hardships without Gronk. Like, they've experienced that. They've seen it. They've witnessed it firsthand. When he's not out in that field, they miss him like crazy. And, and I think, you know, is that a, is that, does Gronk have some leverage with that? Of course he does. Is this part, is him missing mandatory minicamp today part of it? I have no idea. I mean, it might look that way because I do think that the tweet that he sent out a couple months ago, I don't think that was, I think it was in jest, but I don't think it was completely innocent. I don't think it was completely innocent. I think it was in jest, but I think there's a method to the madness. And don't forget who his agent is. Um, I don't think this means he's holding out and he's not going to play this season, but I certainly think that, when, you know, these players are in spots sometimes to to send send a message home. I don't think it's a bad thing. Send the message if you want. And uh, if it is a message and there's a contract situation with Gronk and the Patriots, I think... There are, there's always the special situation, and I think this is one of them. I, I do. I really do. Because I think the Patriots know. I think they've witnessed it, how much they miss Gronk when he is not there for them. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it. I At the end of the day, I don't know. But let the shit show begin on, you know, until Gronk is out there on that field. It's going to be something that everyone's talking about, for sure. So that's your... Mandatory minicamp Patriots story for the day. Last night, I gave you a little Deflategate update on WEI. It was on till midnight. Roger Goodell, once again, just loving the phrase integrity of the game. Well, today, someone hacked the NFL's Twitter account and said that Roger Goodell died today. <laughs> That's what they said. I don't mean to laugh at that. I can laugh because Roger Goodell isn't dead, okay? As much as I despise Roger Goodell, nobody is sitting here wish, wishing the guy dies, right? Nobody's doing that. But we can laugh about it because it's not true. Somebody hacked into the NFL's account and said Goodell died. He is very much alive. Uh, that's a good thing. Even as much as I hate the guy, hate his guts, nobody's sitting there asking the guy to pass away. We don't want that. We want him to stay alive. He is alive. And uh, so that's why we can laugh at it. You know... People are upset in this town that Fred Smurlis took a picture with Roger Goodell. Or he tweeted out too. Look, I hate Roger Goodell as much as the next guy. But if you're really worked up about that, right, you need to get a fucking life. Like, honestly. Like, if you're upset with that, you need, like, I heard people, I was listening to WEI today on my way into the studio, and people were calling him being like, he can't do that. He's disrespecting, Smurlis is disrespecting the Patriots. Oh my God, will you get a fucking life if you're upset with that? You're a loser. Seriously. Nobody, like, I'm as passionate as anybody, but what are we doing? You're going to get mad at Fred Smurlis for, for taking a picture with Goodell? Who gives a shit? Honestly, it's a picture. Who cares? If Smurlis didn't take a picture with Goodell, is that going to change the outcome of the flake gate? No. Goodell told me yesterday at a charity golf tournament. That he's fighting to Flategate till the end. Here's his quote. He said, when it comes to the integrity of the game, that's the responsibility of the commissioner. We're not going to hand the integrity of the game off to somebody who doesn't have any involvement in the game. That's for somebody that understands what's important in making sure we maintain that. Making sure we maintain the competitiveness of the game. I mean, it's a stupid quote. 
I hate hearing him use integrity of the game and the phrase, but he used it several times in that quote that he gave. I hate Roger Goodell. I hate his guts. I think he's a buffoon. I think he's a clown. I think that he's a puppet. Um, but at the same time, if someone's going to take a picture with him, I don't give a shit. People getting worked up about that. People calling in the radio stations going, I can't believe Fred Smarlis took a picture with Roger Goodell. Holy shit. Will you get a life? If you're upset with that, oh, you're going to tweet him and tell him he sucks and you hate him? You're a loser if you're tweeting him that. Honestly, get your life in order. Like, what are you doing? You're really going to, like, that's your goal in life? To tweet Fred Smurlis and be mad that he took a picture with the commissioner and tweeted out? Who cares? What, like, what does it matter to you? What does it, doesn't mean anything to Patriots, doesn't mean anything to Goodell, the NFL, Smurlis. It's a picture. People get worked up about that? Like, what? Take it easy. So many people, people are so sensitive. It's ridiculous. And this is coming from someone who absolutely hates Roger Goodell. I hate him. But if somebody takes a picture with him, I don't care. So, come on, relax with that. Get a fucking life if you're upset about that. Please. Please. But... Uh, that's Goodell. He's basically saying yesterday that the NFL is going to keep fighting Deflategate. No shit. It's not really earth-shattering news. Of course they're going to keep fighting. Goodell's a loser. Integrity of the game, he throws out. Again, it's his, it's his favorite phrase. He doesn't even know what it means. He doesn't even know what it means. Uh, one last NFL note. The Denver Broncos went to the White House yesterday. The champion, Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos... Aqib Tlaib was not there, as you know. And he got shot. Now, he's okay. And we can laugh about this because he's okay. But he shot himself? What did he pull? A Plaxico Burris, right? Sweatpants in the club, shooting himself in the leg? Is that what he did? That's what people... He, people are saying that. I don't know. Tlaib wasn't there. Obama was making fun of Peyton Manning and all the commercials he had. Nobody said anything about... About the HGH, I think that's funny. I think that's pretty funny. We've all forgotten about Peyton Manning and the HGH investigation, if there even was an investigation. Al Jazeera put one on. I thought they did a nice job. But it just sort of disappeared after that. I, don't tell me how. We're still talking about air pressure in football two years later. Air pressure in footballs. Right? Integrity of the game. But yeah, there's Peyton Manning in the White House. Super Bowl champ. HGH allegations? Eh. Eh. Oh, well, so what? We'll believe him. He said it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Please. Please. Where's that story? When's it going to come back? I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Who knows? Who knows if it will? Uh, Final story today. A sad one. MMA world. Yesterday we did some MMA with Brock Lesnar returning to UFC, and I told you on yesterday's podcast what what it means, what it really means, and I think... It's Conor McGregor related, Dana White versus Conor McGregor, that sort of battle that's going on right now uh, with who has power, who needs who more. I think that's what what the Brock Lesnar thing for UFC 200 means. Go back and listen to that yesterday. But uh, today, some sad MMA news, and this was breaking news last night as it was on WEI. Kimbo Slice has died at the age of 42. Now, Kimbo Slice was hospitalized for undisclosed reasons, and we do not yet know... How he how he died, but what we do know is Kimbo Slice. Didn't he just he just won a fight recently, and then they 
overturn the results because he tested positive for steroids. And I think people are maybe linking that story to this. I don't know. I think it's a dangerous thing to do. I, I think we wait, wait and see and, and find out what exactly happened. But certainly when they don't reveal the reasons for it right away, it does lead you to believe it, it, it wasn't just of, you know, it leads you to believe that something else was going on. It wasn't just a, a, a random health issue that, you know what I mean? Like something was going on. I don't know what, and I think it's it, it might be a little dangerous to assume exactly what and the details, but um, undisclosed reasons doesn't look good, and obviously the news not good. Kimbo Slice dead at the age of 42. Kimbo Slice, I know he fought in the octagon. He fought in UFC, other MMA divisions and uh, organizations, but, I mean, I'll remember Kimbo Slice for for his internet videos, right? For his YouTube videos. Just fighting people in backyards in Florida and just beating the shit out of them. Yeah, that's what I'll remember him for. And, you know, that's some early internet entertainment that you had in the early days of YouTube. Kimbo Slice was a YouTube sensation. That's how he became who he was. Um, And and I will remember him for that more than the the stuff in the octagon. I don't know it's a bad thing either. I mean, I, I think... You know, what he was doing in those YouTube videos at the time was something different, you know, in our society and culture that that I don't think we, we had seen much of. And yet here's a guy just inviting people to fight him. People show up, flying in, coming down, fighting Kimbo Slice, and these people get the shit kicked out of him. Um, but he turned that into a professional MMA career, so good for him, and... And right now, obviously, the news is very sad. Kimbo Slice dead at the age of 42. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. And, uh, you know, you you don't want to end the show on that note, on a a sad note like that, obviously. But it's definitely news that needs to be mentioned. So uh, I mention it right now. Uh, As I close out the show, something I mentioned yesterday. With regards to, you know, I told you, I do have some fans in Canada that aren't necessarily related to the show. It's related to my street hockey video, 363, The Road to the South E3 on 3, which I was told has been banned now in Canada. And we got this YouTube ban going on with my video. Apparently, you can only watch it in the United States of America. So I logged into YouTube last night, and I can go into my video manager, and I could see why there are viewing restrictions and why it's blocked in certain countries. I wanted to see what countries it's blocked in. My video, this video, in the last month, has been blocked in 239 countries. Like, what the hell do they think is going on in this video where it's blocked in 239 countries? Here's why it's blocked. Here are the songs that... There has been a copyright claim on these songs from these record labels. Calling them out. Uh, Billy Joel, Down East Alexa. On behalf of Columbia Records, that's one copyright claim. Another. Waves by Electric Guest. The copyright claim on behalf of Downtown Records. Another song. Check the Vibe by Mighty Mystic. Copyright claim on behalf of Mighty Mystic. Another song. I Know the Truth 
by Pretty Lights. Um, this says Audium label. That's the record label, I guess. Audium, I guess. And the final song, The Streets by Foxy Shazam. Which, by the way, I thought we, I thought somebody helped get the okay for this song. But apparently, on behalf of Capitol Records, we cannot play this song in the movie. I will say this as I call out these record labels and call out YouTube even here. We didn't make a single penny on this movie. Never have, never will. And in fact, the way I look at it because of that is we've been promoting this music to a bunch of people for the goose egg, for free. This is free publicity. Why are we blocking this video in 239 countries? This is entertainment, okay? This is what it is. And I feel like the people are being deprived of some solid entertainment, people who live outside of the United States. So we need to fix this. I need you to tweet YouTube. I need you to tweet these record labels. I need you to help me out. Let's get this video unblocked from these 239 other countries. I mean, what the fuck? You would think that we had this video in which people were getting murdered on it. Like, you could find so many worse videos on YouTube this is a fun, entertaining street hockey movie that we didn't make a penny off of and never will. Five copyright claims that have blocked 363, the road to the Southie 3 on 3, in 239 countries. Can we get this fixed, please? This is starting to get ridiculous because the movie's been out for four years. And all of a sudden, these copyright claims are being made four years later? So what, I spent four years giving you free publicity and now you're going to affect this and take this down? Fuck you. Give me a break. Help me out. Someone help. Anybody. I'm going to need it. It's a lot of copyright claims. It's a lot of countries the movie is blocked in as well. I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. I'm sweating my balls off. I gotta get out of this studio. So I will talk to you tomorrow. See ya.